Blog Talk Radio. Pagans Tonight Radio, the voice of the pagan world, featuring the man with all the questions that some don't want you to hear. Called the most dangerous person you will ever listen to, the ever-curious digital pioneer, Ed the Pagan. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pegasus Tonight Radio. We are so happy to have you guys here. We've been doing really terrific work on getting our, our numbers back in our, re, our rebuild. And we've been at this for a little more than a month now at this point. So I really appreciate it. Today we're with Beth Sage. Uh, I met her out at uh, Three Gates Festival. And uh, she's got a great book called, let me get this right, because even though I've read it a dozen times, you know this. I'm not going to get to get an dr- easy drink on me today. A Heretic's Devotional uh, by Beth Sage. And it's an interesting book. I, I've read it, and I, I have a lot of – I have a few questions about it. I think you should probably read it too, but let's find out why. Hi, Beth. Welcome aboard. Well, thank you. Thank you. I love being here and talking with you. And um, so you wrote a, her- a Heretic's Devotional, but you do a lot of different things. And you've, you're a light worker. You've been doing – all sorts of different things that are, uh, that. And so why don't you give us a little bit of how you got here? What is your comic book story of your, how you got started and get here? Um, in writing in general or with the heretics devotional? Uh, I, about you. I, I mean, how did you get to be, uh, so you're a, bit, uh, a light worker, a metaphysicist, you know, a metaphysics person. I know you do Reiki, just all in general. How did you get to the point where you could write that book? Yes. Hmm? Well, um, <laughs> to get to the point where I could write the book. Um, some of it are essays that I, I have written, you know, over the course of my, my spiritual journey. But um, I felt that I had a story to tell. I um, was raised Catholic Christian. And for me, it was a beautiful experience. Our priest was um, very much into the New Age movement and Edgar Casey, and would give my mom books like There Is a River or Gene Dixon. And so I really grew up with this wonderful mismatch of Catholicism and New Age teachings and reincarnation and whatnot. Um, Later in life, I, you know, as a result of the trauma of losing a child, we had knock, 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 the knock on the door. Guess who it was? Jehovah's Witnesses, okay? And um, I was involved with them for almost three years, and I had a very, very enlightening experience in December of 1989, where I feel I was made alive in my spirit, and I had to leave. Um, I love people. I love fellowship. And my first thought was, I am going to try this non-denominational church because maybe they won't be as, as the rest of Babylon, you know. Um, so that began a kind of lengthy part of my journey through um, fundamentalism. And it was it was beautiful. I, you know, I don't want to sound all airy-fairy like everything was beautiful, but 
I'm one of those that always sees the silver lining and I feel like everywhere I went, um, I learned things, you know, I learned, I, I gained tools and I was meant to be in each place when I was there. So, um, from the witnesses, I really, really learned how religions use psychology to bring in converts and to control them through fear. And I learned of the bravery that it takes to step aside from that, to step aside from everything that you thought was truth, and to open your mind, you know. Um, one of the famous things that the witnesses always said, independent thought leads to apostasy, okay? Now, that is a really, really good tool for people keeping people in line. But I've always had that independent thought, you know, and kicked myself out of that box, kicked myself out of many boxes. Um, I find to a degree that the Christian churches use the same formula of control for people. It's always based in fear, always based in fear. Um, through all that, I have determined that I'm just, I'm a heretic to everyone. So <laughs> that's more the title of the book. But um, what really, you know, um, you need to know that as a fundamentalist, my tribe were the, the midwives, you know, and the healers and the people that did reflexology. And, and one day I was researching an article that I was doing on women in Christian history. And I just put women Christian history, you know, in the search bar. And it gave me the eighth chapter of a book by Helen Ellerby called The Dark Side of Christian History. And I read it, and the chapter was about the end of magic and the beginning of the witch hunt. So you need to know that back when I was a practicing fundamentalist Christian, it was very important for me to try to find the purest source to drink from. So I had read a lot of quotes and excerpts from the early church fathers. Mm -hmm. And um, reading this chapter went a little beyond the excerpts. And I found out what? The early church fathers with the with the early movements thought of women and later thought of healers and medicine women. And that did it. That did it. You know, I um felt like I was leaving another cult, you know. Mm-hmm. But I also I also felt that I was being set more free. So yeah, yes. And from there, you know, here I am. <laughs> yep. And so, and these are the stories that, that you've written down and, and spoke to. Mm-hmm. it. I think they speak to a lot of it. So you saw yourself, you, you learned that basically through the, the, the experiences you've had through right. these churches, these various versions of the Christian church, 
that you wanted to be a freer thinker, and so you became much more of this eclectic person. How would you describe yourself today? I mean, do you have a, a, a name for your practice, or are you just you? Well, my um, daughter Ramona, her best friend calls me a Bethodist. So. <laughs> a Bethodist. That's fun. A Bethodist. <laughs> but I would describe myself as someone who is very, very close to Mother Earth that I am a pagan and that that is where I draw much of my power and my magic and my love. I um, keep myself in her rhythms. It's so important. Um, and I'm very, very interfaith. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a biblical Christian mm-hmm. because my thoughts on the Bible are probably a whole other episode. Um, but suffice it to say, I find it to be historical work of man, all right? Not the inerrant word of God. But I do follow Jesus, but I tend to call him Jesu, Jesu McMary, mm-hmm. which I um, coined from a beautiful old Celtic prayer. Um, very interfaith. I'm in an interfaith fellowship with um with a sister that, you know, has lived in Jordan. She's a professor of Eastern Studies, so we learned much about about uh, the Islamic faith. And one of our sisters is Hindu, so we just learn a lot about Krishna, and we read from the Gita and other wonderful Hindu books. And um, through them all, I just really a similar stream of consciousness, and I love it. I love it. That sounds good. Um, so, as I said, we originally met at Three Gates, and I thought it was very interesting. Um, so I noticed that you so you you did a lot of singing there. I know that it is, and that you were yeah. involved with the musicians. So, and I found out that not only you, that you are a very musically oriented person. Do you find that is a good part of your spirituality? Can you talk about your music a little bit, what you do? Well, I'm a front porch musician, and mm-hmm. as I sit here, you're looking at my stage as well. <laughs> um, I write songs, and that is a big part of who I am and what I do. Um, I consider myself a bard in the bardic tradition. Mm-hmm. And I am just really all about lifting people's energy. That's really why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And so, you, and you are, if I believe right, if I understand this, well, you have a business mm-hmm. you, and you've kind of launched out uh, trying to get to be more independent with it. Um, mm-hmm. And you, it's soaps, it's, it's sort of the self-care items. Can you talk a little bit about right. your and what is the name of what do you call your uh, the business? Oh, that's Garden Herbal Crafting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you have a beautiful garden that you have. You're very comfortable where you're at in the sense of that you've gotten yourself a space that you create a life that you really like. Right. That, you, that right. you really created from it. Okay, so can you talk about that, the garden and, and how you bring it to people? Well, um you remember I told you that as a Christian, my friends were healers and midwives. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always been bent on doing things naturally, you know, 
Mm-hmm. So what I do, you know, with my little business, I just take that love and channel it into the products that I make. <laughs> yeah. And I give away as much as I sell, trust me. <laughs> but it's all good. I love it. I love it. And uh, so if people wanted to find out about that business, how would they contact you on it? Um, I don't have a website. I just have my web page on um, Facebook, Beth's Garden Herbal Crafting, which I will update here in a couple of weeks because I just got done making my holiday offering. So Terrific. can you believe it? Can you believe it? It's just around the corner. <laughs> it is. I mean, um, I'm so excited about I. I, I I'm so excited about the holidays this year. So very because I think people are going to get back together again for the first time in a year or two that we saw that. Um, yeah. So it is, you know, people are getting really, it's been a really tough time for people and, and you know, it just happens. I mean, historically it happens and everything else. All right. Let me get back to your book. One of the things I thought was very interesting in it was the struggle that you had during it that you talk about of regaining the right to think freely. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, yeah. what, that's what made you a heretic in the end is that yes, indeed. can you talk about because I think a lot of I think a lot of young women really suffer from the idea that they they're they're really working hard a lot of older women too and I'm, I'm and I say women particularly some men have the problem too but particularly women because of societal culture the way the culture works it really does try to, to make women more into let's call it dolls tools possessions and things of that nature and try to take away a lot of their free thinking. Can mm-hmm. you talk about that struggle? I mean, what, you know, how did you finally break away? Well, um, how I broke away was, you know, when you know, Ed, when you know, and you don't have the words for it and you don't have a doctrine for it, but you know, mm-hmm. that gave me, that gave me the, bravery and the courage and the love to leave. You know, mm-hmm. I've been called, I've been called an antichrist. I've been called um, an evil servant, an evil seed, you know, to be able to know within you that your path before you is right and good. Mm-hmm. And you just have to dismiss the things that people are calling you. Um, so I think, that what you are wanting me to talk about would be dismantling systems that have been put in place through fear, through fear by people that you gave the right to be your authority, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I think that dismantling these systems is, you know, something I got slammed with in the beginning, but, you know, let's be quite honest as we, go on, we are always having to dismantle, you know, systems that were wrong or harmful or toxic or limiting, you know. I'll give you an example. Just, you know, a lot of people, pagans included, you say 666, a lot of people freak out. Well, why do they freak out? Why? Because they give it the power that the Bible says that it's the mark of the Antichrist. See? There's little things, you know, and I've even had this discussion, you know, with some pagans that had a fear 
that the vaccination was the mark of the beast. They told me that they had that little thought back here, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a lot of work to be done, you know, to dismantle these these things that we think, you know, and the power that we give them. I, don't I, you agree? I do agree. And, and people don't understand. So my own similar background is that I'd be, I was raised very fundamentalist. Uh, Southern Baptist, Dominionist particularly, which is where we're at now. With the, you know, a lot of the people who are trying to overthrow the country now come out right. of the Dominionist background, which means that you have to – the idea of the seven pillars of the seven mountains. I've talked about that before. Look it up. The seven mountains of control is really where – if you really want to understand where why we're threatened here in the country with these movements. And, um, and I do agree. One of the things that you see constantly – is this idea of, as people put it on Facebook and everything else, is the idea of free thought equals an entry for the demonic. And so, yes. you know, it's constant, like free thought, you know, free thinking, you know, science, you know, I, I don't need facts, I have faith. Yeah. Right, that. And I think that is, uh, it gives permission to lead a more destructive style of lifestyle. You don't have to care about so much. Um, right. And so for me, as a pagan, I, I tend to, you know, I really um, come to that. I was also raised Catholic simultaneously. I had my commune, communion and my baptismal within a week of each other. My, dueling, my dueling grandparents at 13 years old, they became the youngest member of my church because my grandparents took me to commune, you know, to get my communion. I went through the, that sort of process. And at the same time, the pastor is like, Oh, you're a Southern Baptist school. Yeah, I, you know, I really had a preference at the time for the Southern Baptist. I thought the Catholics were stuffy, but I wanted to make sure my grandparents were happy people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the Catholic Church I went to, we went down to, you know, it was yeah. called Folk Mass, and it was like, it was like sitting on my front porch. You know that, Ed? It was like sitting on my front porch. It was very casual and loving and beautiful acoustic music. Loved it. Oh, okay. yeah. No, we were St. Peter's Church, the big church in Chicago, very formal, uh, barely touched by Vatican II. Oh, no. It was the masses in Latin a lot of time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I was raised with the whole oh, nine no. yards. I was raised the whole nine yards. But for me at 18, one of the biggest things that would happen was that we would discover that my grandmother, who went to her grave with this, was a hidden Jew. She had come over from... The wow. chil- she came over by the children's train, which is what's famous out of the Ukraine. And my great grandparents had, on her side, had passed away, you know, had gotten caught in it. They put a bunch of children. They got into Italy, got into the United States. And as soon as she got into the United States, it became, she became Mildred Benson. And uh, she was a, pulled out of the Jewish foster home into a Catholic foster home. And she buried all of that. And so, mm-hmm. so we know what the fear you know, this sort of weird fear. And so she became a Catholic and she was, like, she was a really good Catholic the rest of her life. Um, mm-hmm. But you talk about that idea of fear or uh, that. or so, they, so it really struck me at that point. It would take 10 years more before I would actually become a pagan priest. But but mm-hmm. so let me go ahead and, and this um, sort of thing. So you've brought it up. Now, today you live in a very loving community. You talk about your fellowship a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have a beautiful garden, you go out to events, you've been running out around all over Kansas, Wichita and all these other areas selling. And, and Seattle can, twice. What? 
That's that? I've been to Seattle twice. <laughs> Seattle twice. Wow. Wow. Big wow. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. People have been talking to me about Seattle as long as this trip um, that I'm about to take. Um, so what experience do you think, you know, people want to cultivate a, a better experience. Um, I think that your struggle is, is very akin to where a lot of women are and some men possibly, but really you have a really great women's story, as I would call it. Um, it's, I think, and paganism and Wicca and all of this has a strong pull for women because, yes. it, because it empowers women. What could, you know, if you could give any advice for a woman who may find women who may be listening to this and who are still struggling with that old identity, how did you finally, and pick up the book, Heretics Devotional, and she, and, um, but how did you finally, you know, what advice would you give them to finally pull them out of it? What could they just do to really get themselves, you know, into a new, into the space that they want to be? I know that a lot of them are still struggling with it. Well, first off, I would say that your concept of deity is big enough to take all of your questions, all of your doubts, all of your fears, all of your lack of faith. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, fundamentalist religions teach you to fear the Lord. You know, don't ask any questions. Listen to your elders and you know, and that is that is the tool. That is the the whipping thing. <laughs> um, don't be afraid. Be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to express your thoughts. Um, find community that you can share these thoughts with. And um, I can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with nature, taking time for yourself to be in nature and just to be, and learning the practice of going within. I am a big advocate of meditating. I think that it grounds you, it clears you, gives you focus. It's good for your health all the way around. So, um, so with what I said, you know, to um, have no fear, to ask the questions, to go within, to connect with nature, then this, know thyself, correct? Okay. Yeah. Know thyself. And that, yeah. and that is the thing of that. So if people want to get a copy of your books or contact you, how would they get around to it? Um, on Facebook, just best sage. I like the herb. Um, that's my Facebook presence. And I do sell hard copies, but if you hit me up um, through Messenger, I would love to send a free PDF. And um, this winter, I'm either going to come out with more heresy um, or I've been thinking about a book. Oh, what's human beings? Oh. Just a, a book about all the beautiful people I've known. Um, human beings. I, I can't remember the title. I'm a little flustered. <laughs> it's okay. 
So <laughs> best age up on Facebook is one of the best ways to contact her. And then yes. if you do, you can buy a hard copy, but she'll actually give you a copy of the book. And I think it's a really interesting read. I think it's very interesting for pagans who come from a Christian background to kind of see it because it really does a good job describing both the struggle and kind of the answers that you went through, the experiences you went through. I think people will find a real reflection in that. So this is our, this is it. So I asked one last random question. So what music are you obsessing over now? Oh, oh, oh. Um, I found her. She's from the 70s. Her name's Vashti Bunyan. She was a folk singer, and she is just amazing, amazing, amazing. I just can't get enough of her. And Okay, there you go. And so <laughs> I want to thank you for being here today. Thank you for being with me. (laughs) And and absolutely. So you can do that. And we've been talking with Beth Sage. And we'll be right back with Pagans Tonight right after these messages. 